Fengor And sometimes a little more My Bloody Podcast <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen This is episode number 48 of My Bloody Podcast. Ha! We're so excited. It is so good to be here again this week. We have an excellent show for you today. We are going to be talking about our feature presentation, which is The Manitou from 1978. If you don't know what The Manitou is, oh my, we can't wait to talk to you about it, and we hope that you go immediately and watch it and buy it and see it and love it. We have tons of news to talk to you about, including uh, some upcoming movies in the theater, Blu-rays, pilots, and of course, one of the biggest horror conventions of all time, our bloody questions, our bloody recommendations. But first, intros, I'm Brian Kluger with BoomstickComics.com and HighDefDigest.com, and I'm joined by the man who I want living inside my own body to come out and wreak havoc on the world. The only man I want to do that, the fantastic Preston Botta. How are you, good sir? I'm doing so good. And uh, I, I have to say, of all the titles you've given me, I think this one might be my favorite. Oh, good. Good. I'm very excited that uh, this one is your favorite because we were, we're going to talk about it later. But yes, Preston Bart is here, part of FreshFiction.tv and the Denton Record Chronicle, the man with the plan. We've got lots to talk about. First up, though, uh, probably, perhaps... Uh, coming out this weekend, the biggest movie to ever grace the big screen so far, uh, Avengers Endgame. Preston and I watched it. Preston. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, made it. So this movie, I, I think I first need to talk about this movie's three hours long. And there's a lot of people who are making jokes about it and complaining about it. And I made a point not to really drink anything before it. And I had to pee about an hour in, and it sucked. So, uh, but I managed. I I was worried that it was gonna affect my viewing experience, but my God, it is still such a spectacle and uh, surprisingly dramatic and emotional. And it was just uh, everything that I wasn't expecting. Yet it was everything that I wanted from it. And so uh, it was just a beautiful conclusion to uh, this uh, 10 plus year run uh, of our uh, Marvel superheroes. So I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I have a few minor gripes, but I just was just so shocked and pleased with the result of it and so uh i i hope you liked it too brian i know we sat right next to each other but i ran to the bathroom immediately after it was over and uh we didn't get we didn't find each other after so uh but you were laughing with me and i i don't know maybe crying too because i cried a couple times yes so yeah i I was wondering where the fuck preston went after the screen because i was looking for him i was like did he just do the irish goodbye just up and left and didn't say anything uh but yes i guess he had to go to the bathroom yes it's three hours long but a lot of movies are three hours long if you watch captain america civil war that movie's like two hours and 40 minutes long so it's an extra 20 minutes but 
Yes, I really enjoyed this final conclusion to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it to this day. It is unbelievably good uh, in just about every way. Mixing the comedy with the emotions. Yes, I did cry a couple times. I got misty-eyed. I will say, yes, there's a couple gripes. I do believe that there are a couple of kind of slower moments. I mean, they're earned, but there's just a... There's a there's a there's a couple of scenes in the movie where you know okay well, they're doing this cool but then it just kind of drags out and you're just like okay we get it we know what they're doing but it all seems cool and fun like I, it's not a major gripe by any means and I must say if you watched Avengers Infinity War there were probably a couple of moments in that movie where you wanted to stand on the top of your seat and cheer and yell and applaud. Well, in Avengers Endgame, there are a couple moments like that, but amplify that feeling by 10,000. And I know exactly Preston knows these moments for sure. Uh, But yeah, they did such a good job, and everybody was there, and it's just kind of cool to like be a part of this thing that started back in 2008, and then now it's kind of concluding, and... uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I updated my list rankings on High Def Digest, and I uh, believe I put this one front and center. Uh, it is Damn. number one. Like, because like Fuck. I was going along, I was like, you know what? Avengers and Captain America 2, and uh, those were like my top ones. Like Captain America 2 and like the first Avengers. Like they're just so good. And like the first Iron Man. They're just, they're just excellent. And then and then this came along and an Infinity War came along which I loved and this was just this had the most emotional impact, the most I think what we got to see is these what was cool that these characters you got to see their transformation and like their personality traits like transform and get better over time and here we all we see that full frontal and uh which was super cool to see like how everybody's evolved in such a good way and i i really like that and i oh just the the biggest action moments and you just want everything you wanted you'll probably get in this movie so uh, I, that's what I thought, Preston. What well, do you feel the same? Do you do you disagree? I mean, we could do a whole podcast on this one, uh, but I uh, I guess in short, um, I it's in my top five. I was I'm still digesting a lot of what happens in the film, so I can't say off the bat that I think it's my favorite. I, I still believe that my favorite is Civil War, um, just because it 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 deal it has the emotion there. Um, and it has the comedy and it's like one of the first films, you know, outside of the Avengers, but it has more characters now Uh, that that was like one of the first films that had brought even introduced more characters like black Panther. And uh, it was like just the first time that they all just kind of converged and it just balanced really well. And this one, you know, it's three hours long. It has that time to kind of uh, give you, each character's perspective of their pain and the loss that they're going through after the events of infinity war. And so even Hawkeye gets like, this is the most interesting he's ever been. Um, and I, and I really, I enjoyed him in a age of Ultron. Uh, I think he was probably the most fun in that film. Uh, He has a really good scene with Scarlet witch in that film where he's doing like a good pep talk, but here, like, 
there you just get so much more out of them each each and every one of them and, and we're down like half the count uh because you know after infinity war half of them turned to dust and so you're, you're spending more time with the original avengers and uh just kind of going through like all the things that they endured over the past decade and it was just such a powerful experience and it was so funny and um epic in a lot of ways all those big moments that you're talking about like one of the big biggest moments to me out of the entire universe uh, marvel cinematic universe is when in civil war when bucky like flips around that motorcycle um and i just like that was one of the moments where i was just like oh my god it gave me goosebumps and so this one has those like fan moments where you're just like shit yes but uh it, it's i i think the best way to describe it is the way that i i think i mentioned poetic earlier maybe i didn't I, maybe i just said beautiful but it's very poetic um after you see it you can go back and watch films like the first avenger like captain america and then just see uh, lines of dialogue that is happens in those early films like come full circle and then you th and then because uh, i just watched uh, uh first avenger last night and there's just like so many moments that you can go back and just watch and then just be like oh yeah so just uh it's fun it makes it more of an interactive experience and then you go back and watch those films and you're like oh shit it's even more powerful than i thought but yeah i'm gonna give it some room to uh for me to kind of digest it all because i think our instinct is to that we're just coming off the high of the conclusion but and, and i thought the same thing after i saw the last harry potter film i was like oh my god it was so great but then after uh, taking some time to think about it. I'm like, uh, yeah, but Prisoner of Azkaban is still the best one. Um, so it's just like one of those things. But uh, I just think just the level of emotion that I brought to it uh, just m makes it a step above a, of lot of what's kind of come before. But I think just from like a nostalgia type thing or just like introducing a lot of the themes, I think Civil War is still my favorite. So that's where I stand. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's going to go out and see that movie this week. We had to mention it because it's going to be the biggest yeah, thing in the world. Big. So and it has a horror moment in it. There's a pretty good horror moment toward the end uh, with Hawkeye. No, for sure. I know exactly what you're talking about. And they're definitely it was really is. well done. It was really well done. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope they do. I know we've mentioned this before. Superhero and horror. They, they, they should make that happen. For sure, for sure. I'm uh, excited about that. But yeah, go see it. I'm sure you already got your tickets. If not, I'm sure you'll find somewhere playing it at 4 in the morning. Yeah, but they got 17 AMC theaters that are playing it around the clock for four days, which is insane. There's yeah. four employees. <laughs> Avengers Endgame, making that money. So, uh, that's Avengers Endgame. Let's move on to some horror news. First, we got to talk about uh, biggest horror convention in town or in the region or in the United States, really. Uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend. It's the 14th Texas Frightmare Weekend coming up May 3rd through 5th 
at the Hyatt Regency DFW Airport in Dallas, Texas. Holy shit, there are just tons of people coming here. Preston and I will be there. Our good friend Tom Nix will be there, and I believe our good friend James Cole Clay will also be there. So if you see us around, say hello and mention our podcast. We might have something free to give you. Maybe. I don't know. But there's tons of people coming up uh, that are be there. There's screenings. Uh, I mean, we have Bruce Campbell. We have Sam Raimi. We have Meatloaf. Tim Curry. Uh, we have uh, Nick Castle, the director of many good stuff. Barbara Hershey will be there, which is just really funny to me. Arrow Video will be there because they're one of the sponsors of all the cool things. Uh, who else? Robert England. We have. There's just so much, and they have screens. A lot, Preston. A lot of the Elm Street kids. Yes, yes. Uh, Preston, what what are you? Are you looking forward to this as much as I am? Yeah, I, uh, I I love this convention. I think it's just the most accessible one that we have going on versus a lot of, you know, Comic-Con, Sci-Fi, Expo, whatever. Um, it's just the one that seems the most fitting for fans. And uh, like all these things, all these types of conventions, they can be expensive. But I feel like Texas Frightmare makes it the most affordable like right now you can go on and get tickets and they have a weekend pass and i think you can just get one it's on sale right now for like 68 dollars. and given that everything you know the the access uh that you get out of that pass like going to these panels that they have going on and all the cool merch from local vendors and uh just just to even see like some of your favorite horror actors uh just talking with fans and interacting with them. It's just such a special feeling. Even if you can't drop, I don't know, like 30 bucks or whatever it is for each person. Um, it's just kind of cool to be a part of it and just walk around and be amongst people. Like it's like Halloween in May and early May. And so there's people like dressed up cosplaying and, um, you can take pictures with them and it's just, it's like a, it's just a big cultural cultural thing that everybody coming together all the horror fans just coming together and just enjoying uh being being in the same room so um i love going um i love seeing all my favorite uh favorite horror actors and and, um i'm just excited like even like some of the smaller uh actors that are going to be there like uh, Eric Freeman, Garbage Day. Like I want a picture just with him holding a bag of garbage and just having that. <laughs> and, uh, but but yeah, there's just like your main man's gonna be there. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, yeah, the reanimator himself. Yeah, and speaking of that, I'm gonna be going to the like Texas Frightmare is also in, like involved with like these special screenings that they have going on at the Alamo Draft House and other places. But like they're doing a reanimator screening and they're bringing uh, the actors uh, there to that. And they're going to do a and a And so they're doing one with Robert England for Nightmare on Elm Street and some of the other kids that are not calling kids, but they're adults now. That was the 80s. Um, the, but the Elm Street crew, they're going to be doing uh, something for that, a little screening for that. But yeah, there's just like so much going on. The screenings are fun. Like this year, uh, they have The Lost of Pastor, which uh, I found out about it about a week ago um and the poster i was just like oh my god this is ridiculous this is like sharknado uh times uh 11 up to 11 um 
and I watched the trailer today because I, I hadn't watched the trailer and it's all kinds of ridiculous and just like the perfect type of thing that would play at a festival uh, or a, a convention like this and just be among people who are just so accepting of how ridiculous a, a movie it's going to be and how much fun it's going to be and so they have other stuff they have uh, uh, I Keep Your Dead I keep, I'm trying to remember what it's called uh, I'll Bury Your Dead uh, actually Shout Factory's uh, working on that film and so um, I'm going to be checking that one out too so yeah just like so much so much cool stuff going on and so yeah we highly recommend going to it yes and I'm just excited that Felisa Rose is going to be there uh, yeah, sleepaway camp. Sleepaway camp, which I'm very excited. Uh, I'm curious on the whole Jenna Jameson thing. Uh, not sure how that's gonna go. Uh, Joe Bob Briggs will be. What do you mean? <laughs> what, what What do you mean, Jenna Jameson? <laughs> yeah, what, what do you mean? How's that gonna go? I don't know. I just I have no idea. If, uh, I feel like she'll cancel at the last minute. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I I don't know. I have no idea. Jenna Jameson. I mean, I know she's been in like. Some horror movies, sort of, kind of, but I wonder, I I have no idea. Zombie strippers? I can't remember. Yes. Uh, what else? And I'm, I'm, meatloaf. Oh, my goodness. I could talk to that guy for hours. Lee Majors, uh, which you got to talk to a few years a few ago. Years. Um, yes. I'm, just, I'm ex- excited about all of this, and I hope the release of... Avengers Endgame and uh, the other big convention in town. I hope that people will still come to this, which I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're pretty much perhaps sold out, uh, but hopefully not. This Go to this convention. You're going to want to come to this. This is <laughs> Yeah, uh, go on TexasFrightmareWeekend.com. I believe that's the website. Yes, and it's what they're what, – they've done so what they've done so well in the past is that they pick these horror movies and they try to get as many people in the movies to come to do a panel so like they're they're bringing in i think like 12 uh people from the nightmare on elm street series like the movies like which is crazy to think about including robert england and heather landcap uh so it's just it's just really cool that they're doing yeah. all of this um not to mention all the people from the reanimator series and uh, the Evil Dead stuff and Halloween movies. It's just, yeah, they're doing it's like cool. an Evil Dead dance party or like a costume te- uh, costume contest. So yeah, you just go on their uh, go on their website and you look at their schedule of events. So you can see like all the fun stuff that they're doing that we may uh, fail to mention on here. But they just have more going on than just uh, you know favorite actors and filmmakers uh, showing up. There's just all kinds of fun stuff going on. And uh, I mean, my favorite thing, and I had mentioned it before when we talked about it months ago, um, is uh, going to the Arrow booth, Arrow video booth table, because you can get um, some of the movies that maybe not even be out yet. Um, and you can get access to them. And they have cool steel books that are really hard to find and they're very affordable and cause they cut out the tax and everything. It's like, 30 bucks for like a steel book and then 25 and then if you go on their website for like aero video uh aero films um they can be a, a bit pricey especially when you add uh, shipping and tax to it so just getting that quick uh transaction is just awesome and so uh, yeah i uh saved up some money so i'm ready to unload my wallet hell yes and a uh, reminder 
online ticketing for Texas Frightmare Weekend ends May 1st at 9 p.m. So if you don't get your tickets by them, you'll be able still to pick them up at the door, but they will be at a higher price. So be sure to go online and get your tickets for cheaper for Texas Frightmare Weekend at TexasFrightmareWeekend.com. And look at all the crazy guests. Come see us there. We'll hopefully be doing a show there um, and talking to people and just enjoying the amazing horror event that it is and i just i i really think that or i hope this is like the last year they're at the hyatt regency just because i think they need a much bigger venue i think they need to move to like the uh, like uh, i think that they need to move to like a big convention center what do you think uh yeah i think so um but you know at the same time i like feeling the feeling of it being smaller but it's just you know you know when you promote it when people go to it you know things take off and they become bigger and bigger because it started off in really small place yes. and then it's just kind of grown since then but uh like even saturday uh, which is the busiest day uh last year i was like elbow and elbow uh with people and but uh it, it doesn't lose its uh value no um, not at all um but yeah i do i don't i don't know i feel like I would like for it to find just a little bit bigger of a space and just kind of see how things go. I don't want it to go all out and then it just, you know, lose its value completely um, and then become like just completely all about the money. Um, So I don't know. Um, It's just an enjoyable experience and I enjoy going. And so I I, I want to kind of maintain that specialness. So I'm enjoying it now, but uh, maybe they'll find like some kind of sweet spot on how to, go about it in the future yeah i agree it's uh it's it's gonna be fun uh so yes texas frightmare weekend texas frightmare weekend.com go let's move on from that yeah we're gonna have to do like a rapid fire of the upcoming titles and a, a lot of these um there's not a whole lot of information about them there's just uh some of the latest stuff that's kind of come out so um <clears throat> At the top for me, like uh, there's going to be a remake of Stephen King's Salem's Lot um, that's going to be coming out through James Wan, who's going to be producing it. Um, So there's there's Aquaman's James Wan. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, he's going to be working with uh, the the writer of It and the Nun, which could be good or bad. I don't know. (laughs) Right? Yeah. No. I, I mean, one of my one of the best vampire things ever is Salem's Lot. So James Wan coming off of, you know, you know, all the conjuring stuff and all of that good stuff. Uh, I, I'm excited for this. I hope, I hope for the best. Yeah. Um, and then there's the orchard. I don't know if I had mentioned this before, but I feel like I talk about Thomas Jane every now and then, but, uh, yeah, whenever he's involved with a horror film, it tends to perk up my ears. So he's going to be in this movie called the orchard, um, which, um, it focuses on a sheriff who gets called to an orchard where three teenage sisters have been attacked by a band of young delinquents. But after arriving at the scene, the lawman soon realizes a malevolent force lurks in the grounds that will drag everyone into a fight for their lives. It sounds like a plot that, uh, we're pretty familiar with yet. Uh, Thomas Jane just always brings like a, a spark, of 
charm to it or twistedness uh he has that ability to bring that duality to uh films and i just really enjoy him so yeah anytime he's involved with something like i enjoyed 1922 that other stephen king adaptation that came on netflix and uh he's very good uh he's got that everyday man kind of quality like jason clark um and so yeah him playing a sheriff is very fitting and so uh i'm down for this um i I can't wait until a trailer pops up and we get to see some more stuff yes i agree um uh there's a born to be murdered which is a great title correct Uh, so luca guadagnino you know we've mentioned him with suspiria the remake of suspiria and uh, call me by your name so he's going to be he's attached to this as a producer but it has a great cast it's got john david washington who's most you know uh denzel washington's son who was in black klansman alicia vikander um of one of our favorite movies of all time ex machina and also an academy award winner um uh, boyd holbrook of the predator and uh he was in wolverine so really great cast um and I, I don't know too much about it, but I know it's based on a book or it's inspired by uh, many other films, but it's just a manhunt thriller. Um, so uh, given the talent involved, this is like one of those ones where I'm just immediately like, yeah, like, yep, let's do it. Uh, I don't need to read too much into it. So uh, uh, Google search born to be uh, born, born to be wild, born to be murdered. And uh, you can find out some more information on that. But uh, yeah, just uh Good, good uh, cast list and good talent, so I'm down. And then uh, we have I Am Mother. Not Mother, but I Am Mother. Uh, it has Hilary Swank in it. Uh, it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. It had its uh, world premiere there, and Netflix acquired it there. And um, I've been loving a lot of what Netflix has been putting out lately, whether it's a romantic comedy that they don't make anymore uh like that kind of vibe from the late 90s and early 2000s or they're doing like really crazy stuff like uh um i imagine very soon and i've talked about it before the perfection um that we saw that i saw at fantastic fest Uh, netflix has that coming out in may and we have to talk about that one in a full episode um so yeah they're just doing all they're just taking chances and so as far as i know this one is a a uh, like ex machina kind of type thing where it just involves a robot uh that is trying to uh jump start the population again after uh the, the end of the world's kind of happened like an apocalypse uh the, the the population has died out and so this uh evil kind of robot who's voiced by rose Byrne um uh is what the movie's about and so um Sounds cool. Um, I'm down for that. I don't know if you've looked much into that, Brian, but it is coming out June 7th out of Netflix. Yeah, no, I I am definitely curious because I've been liking the horror stuff they've been putting out, so I'm in. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, for upcoming titles, we have Deep Murder. And this one sounds the most uh, up brian's alley because it involves uh the softcore porn industry but it's a horror comedy and it has a really great cast as well uh a lot of uh people that you would uh know from like early 90s and uh like jerry o'connell who's actually uh a texas frightmare uh veteran um christopher shooter mcgavin mcdonald 
uh, Katie Asselton. Um, but uh, the, the film is about is set in an alternate reality of a tacky softcore porn film where a group of increasingly self-aware stock characters are up against a mysterious killer, offering them one by one. So again, something that sounds familiar, but they're putting just enough of a twist and bringing us into a new environment to make it fun. And just the fact that this is a horror comedy and I love those, uh, it could be a lot of fun. And so, uh, yeah, that is deep murder and it's supposed to be coming out in uh, limited theatrical release and on VOD June 14th. So keep that on your radar. We will probably talk about it uh, a little closer to its release date. But uh, I guess transitioning, um, there's one piece of information or event, another event that's going on. Uh, if you don't have uh, anything going on for Mother's Day, uh, the Winchester, the haunted, you know, known as one of the most haunted uh, or the most haunted hotel or hotel house in the country is doing uh, like this event where you can do like a 65 minute tour of the place. And you can also have brunch there with your mother. Which... So, uh, Brian, do you want to take uh, anybody, your mother or anybody to this? Uh yeah, as a surprise, yeah. I would just be like, hey, you're doing this. <laughs> and then it's like, bam. <laughs> and see what happens. Are you gonna do it? Uh I mean I can't afford to go all the way out there, but uh if I lived closer, but like the prices of it are pretty affordable. Uh or at least not as crazy as I thought it was gonna be. I think it's like maybe a hundred bucks just for the whole thing. Um and so, yeah, if I lived closer to it and had uh, better access to it, I would definitely be going to it. I don't know if my mother would appreciate it, but I'd maybe take my wife, Haley, because she's a mother. There you go. There you go. That would, uh, that would, do you think she'd like it? Um, I think so. Uh, maybe from a historical aspect. No. Gotta keep me posted if ever so happens y'all decide to do it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, oh my oh my so that's um, cool. and then uh we have uh so this kind of sucks um so the trimmers tv series uh there was one uh shortly after i think it was like the fourth movie in the franchise they made a tv series and it was pretty short-lived and then we reported uh a while back ago that kevin bacon was going to be involved with the new series um um, but that uh, sci-fi, sci the sci-fi channel, pulled the plug on that TV series, which sucks. So they canceled the, the series after the pilot episode. So the pilot episode had been filmed and everything. And so, but they still have plans to show clips um, and do a live script reading and have uh, conversations with some of the cast members, including Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's going to yes. be there. Yes. There's a trailer out on the internet through Vimeo um, that you can watch of this pilot episode. And um, it just has a lot of that charm of the first film. It still has that kind of like, I, I hate to say it, but it has that like shitty kind of TV <laughs> kind of quality to it, which I guess, you know, that's like sci-fi's uh, brand, I guess, Uh bring that kind of cheap quality to it but it still has that fun aspect so it uh it's it's unfortunate because it just seemed like a lot of fun and i love that kevin bacon came back to the role uh that he played in the 1990 original film and it's just yeah it's a bummer that we're not going to get that but you never know uh it worked out for deadpool 
for them to pull the plug on that. And then uh, the test footage leaked out and then people got excited again. So maybe just doing all this would uh, cause uh, sci-fi or somebody else, or maybe sci-fi to reverse their decision or somebody else to become involved with it. So you never know. But uh, at the Austin, Texas, uh, tele- I believe that's what it is, uh, at the television film festival that they have going out, going on out there in June, uh, it's going to be, uh, they're going to be showing stuff for that. So uh, look into that. And uh, I think it's uh, June 6th to the 9th. Uh, so this summer you can, and that's the Trimmers, uh, no longer existing TV series. Well, it's sad just because you, when you hear all the the stuff of like, oh yeah, Kevin Bacon and all this stuff, you're just like, I just want more trimmers and just just bring it to us, more Michael Gross, more everybody, and then uh, there it is, right? Yep. Yeah. Bummer. Um, uh, last thing I have for myself is uh, a movie that I uh, watched as a possible uh, bloody recommendation, but uh, when that happens, I'll just include it in the news bits because uh, the movie's not good. <laughs> so it's called <laughs> I, I Trapped the Devil, uh, which has an excellent premise to be a very fun and great uh, horror film, which is um, a dysfunctional family um, with one of the members uh, trapping what he believes is the devil inside uh, a closet um, or a cedar. And, uh, and, and that's j- just what it's about. And uh, you spend time with these characters, kind of getting to know them. But it's, it's, it's weird. Like Avengers uh, Endgame shows, for the most part, how you can just have characters just talking with each other and kind of getting into the emotion, getting into their psyches. Uh, it can be so interesting and fascinating, but yet you can have some experiences where it just, it seems like they're going in the right direction, but yet it's just a complete dull mess. And that's unfortunately what happens with I trapped the devil. Um, it's actually coming out this weekend, April 26th on VOD and I believe in some, uh, theaters, but it's got AJ Bowen in it. And I love that guy. Um, and so he's involved as a producer as well. And it just, unfortunately just didn't add up amount to too much at all. I was pretty bored by it and just was not engaged. Um, it felt like a, a college film. I felt like I was suffering in my class in college, watching like my fellow students films who like were trying to get, people to recite these lines that sound so daring and bold and yet it just comes completely off as artificial and that's just the feeling i took away from this film which which is also a bummer god damn go go. i trapped the devil (laughs) don't Uh, see it (laughs) don't see it wow that was great (laughs) suffering through a college class oh get the hell away from that's great (laughs) yep um so i is there any more news or is that it i think that's it cool all right well let's move to uh my bloody question which is an excellent question uh which ties into the manitou uh the film that we're that's our feature presentation this week um uh brian tell us what the question is the question is if you had a spirit grow out of your neck who would it be, and what special ability would it give you? So I basically was asking this 
you know, it could be anybody. It could be a person you know. It could be a, a character from a movie. It could be an, an actor or a celebrity, politi- whatever. Just let us know. So we asked this on Reddit, and it re- didn't get any traction, really. Just one comment for some reason, which is a first for us. And quite, I think Preston said it best. Like, I just don't think people know about the Manitou. <laughs> yeah, but uh, maybe after this episode, more people might understand what we were going at. Cause, yeah, because it, it could be something that may sound a little similar to what we did last week. But the fact that it's a spirit inside your neck and then the possibilities of that make it more fun. So I think like once we give our answers, people might get an understanding of that. And after we do that you would like to write in to us at mybloodypodcast at gmail.com you can do that or you can tweet uh me at preston barda or or my bloody podcast and we'd love to hear what you have to say there you go so yeah if i had a spirit grow out of my neck how would it who would it be and what special ability would it give you so uh my first my first pick uh, i would have the spirit of hunter s thompson the author of course Growing out of my neck, and he would give me the ability to partake in any substance without any of the negative side effects, along (laughs) with delivering commentaries in the vein of his voice on any film, TV show, or political event. (laughs) Damn. Uh, That that one's really good. I don't know if mine will top that, just because that's pretty intricate. Um, If I had a spirit growing out of my neck... I'm just going to be like a good-hearted person right now and say Mr. Rogers would have <laughs> Mr. Rogers uh, pop out of my neck. And he would give me the power of kind-heartedness, and uh, I would just uh, cast it upon uh, assholes. So if I'm uh, in traffic and somebody's being a dick, I can just have the Mr. Rogers and me going, hello, neighbors, and here. <laughs> and then they become good people, and they're nice and courtesy and considerate of my time. Um, can't tell you how many assholes I deal with on a daily basis. So uh, that that's just the clear number one for me. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's you already, man. I feel like you're already. Yeah, but I don't nice. have that. I mean, I try to be a good kind-hearted person but at the same time uh there's only so much you know quote gospel you can spread (laughs) Uh, so i need the powers of mr rogers to just uh you know i don't know spray rainbows on people and make them good (laughs) (laughs) we uh oh my god can you imagine hunter s thompson and mr rogers being in the same room having dinner together (gasps) oh man that that's that's uh, a fantasy I would love to be a reality. <laughs> oh my God! Please, can just we? Doing, he's just doing drugs, and then Mister Rogers being like, "Young man, you are going to kill yourself." <laughs> Fuck you, Mister Rogers. God, messing with puppets. I don't know. It would be great. I want to write this script. Uh, another. It, it sounds yeah. like a celebrity death match waiting to happen. <laughs> it does. Uh, oh man. So, uh, I'll read the one comment we got, uh, from this, uh, question that we got, uh, and it is, uh, it was asked by, or it was, it was answered by, uh, somebody saying, I, F-A-I-T-I, I fate, I, or just fate with the columns by there, but they said a knife spirit who is a knife. Special ability, 
stab. Very useful when getting robbed or robbing. <laughs> that, that was our only, only answer. I don't know what to take from it. But thank you, fate. <laughs> uh, cool. You're just like, I have no idea what's happening. But Yeah, what, what, do, what do you even say? Like, thank you, man. Uh... We'll get him next week. We'll, we'll get him. We'll get him. We'll come down the door next week. But yes, till then, Mr. Rogers and Hunter S. Thompson. Yes. Uh, all right. So uh, on to our bloody recommendations where we give you a forgotten horror gem that we want to recommend to you, all you lovely and bloody podcast listeners. Uh, should you go first or should I? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, so this is a movie that's not out yet, but it's coming out May 3rd on Netflix. And I saw it uh, two, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, and I failed to mention it last week. Um, and it's extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Um, it's uh, the, the narrative feature about uh, Ted Bundy, and it stars Zac Efron. And Lily Collins, and it's uh, directed by uh, Joe Berlinger, and he did the great Paradise Lost documentary, and uh, I, I, he was creatively involved in the the Ted Bundy documentary that's on Netflix right now as well. Which I was uh, I was very curious that you know that documentary, and there's so much on him. I'm just Zach Efron. I just hope that he does a good job. I hope the movie's he, good. So I hope. Yeah, he does do incredible job. Um, so the movie reminded me a lot of uh, my uh, my friend Dahmer, um, which I've brought up a couple times on this podcast before. Uh, you should check that movie out; it's good. Um, but uh, in the way that it just gives you an uh, an alternate perspective on the crimes of a killer. Um, of course, uh, my friend Dahmer doesn't quite get into the crimes that he committed. It's like right before. And so you kind of get into his perspective and you uh, understand how he kind of got to the place uh, where he started killing people, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. And so with Ted Bundy, we're getting the perspective of the vic- of victims, uh, but specifically uh, his uh, long-term girlfriend. And I believe they were uh, uh, engaged at, uh, at one point. Um, and so Lily Collins character plays his, uh, girlfriend, uh, Liz. Um, and so we kind of, so I, I should mention some of the controversy that kind of came out after this film, uh, played at Sundance. A lot of people were saying that, that Joe Berlinger, uh, is like glorifying, uh, Ted Bundy, but I, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, you may feel that way in the beginning until you understand at a certain point, oh, oh, we're completely getting inside Liz's head and understanding that manipulation that's at play with Ted Bundy because he was so good with his words and he had that ability to charm people. Um, and so you don't quite believe that he committed these crimes. And uh, the idea is to just make you completely terrified at the idea of this handsome uh, young man who you believe would not hurt a fly is capable of such uh horrible horrible things and uh that's the case and so it, i just feel like zach efron completely embodied that so well and captured uh the the charm and terror of ted bundy especially the terror part that kind of comes full circle at the end um or not full circle but it comes to fruition and 
uh, Liz or Lily Collins as Liz is really great. So like just all the performances are great and the way that they do the, the pacing of the film and the way that they uh, hop back and forth between the present or I guess uh, later in the case versus the early parts. Um, and they don't do they don't do it in like an annoying way. It's very subtle. Um, I just kind of enjoyed the way that they structured it and uh, the drama. Like John Malkovich is great in it at this as this kind of like twangy southern uh, judge. Um, and I don't know. I just found myself. It just it was just such a unique experience of being uh, this really kind of like it's kind of crazy to admit that it was an enjoyable experience because of all the tragedy and trauma that's on display, but. It's just the actors are so good and you as an audience member are questioning whether I was like, did I was like, are they pulling a Tarantino right here and like changing the events of history? Uh, It's just like one of those things. And so I don't know. I was just completely pulled into it um, and was fascinated by it. And it caused me to want to look into Ted Bundy some more. And I was somebody in high school that was fascinated by true crime and was reading books about it. And yet, uh, you know, we as a as a society, we're, you know, fascinated with true crime because it's something that we'd never want to experience. so if you're really into true crime and you like Zac Efron and you want to see his image completely be tarnished uh, because uh, he's no longer Troy Bolton from High School Musical, he is uh, <laughs> he's Ted Bundy now. Um, so, yeah, uh, good really long him. title, but uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. It's coming out on Netflix May 3rd and uh, watch it. And I believe you will. Very good, yes, 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 and I, uh, I I can't wait to see it because I definitely missed it this past week or two. So I will be catching it when it airs on Netflix. Exciting! So my bloody recommendation today is a 1974 film called Beyond the Door, or in Italian, Chisei. Who Are You? Beyond the Door is a 1974 Italian-American horror film directed by Ovidio G. Asantis. Asonitis, I'm sorry. Uh, And he uh, did Piranha 2, The Spawning. (laughs) With James Cameron? (laughs) He was co-director with James Cameron and co-writer. He's probably... uh the one that uh, James Cameron's like, please take complete credit of that film. Yes. Correct. So this guy did a movie back in 1974 called beyond the door. And it got a lot of flack when it was released because it's very, very similar to the exorcist so much so that Warner brothers uh, sued uh, this movie and the people and they settled out of court in favor of Warner Brothers. So uh, it basically follows a, a young woman, a young mother actually in San Francisco, and her friends uh, began to think, like notice a uh, very strange behavior, and she becomes pregnant again because this is will be her third child. And uh, as stuff starts happening... Her head spins around, she projectile vomits, she does all this stuff. And uh, her friend hears about it, comes to town, and 
tries to help her, but instead of helping her, he's actually kind of uh, helping the demonic entity inside of her. And all shit ensues, uh, like chaotic hell ensues, and it's kind of like Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby all at the same time. It doesn't end well for really anybody here. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's, it's still a good movie. Um, you should see it, how it combines those elements of Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby uh, kind of into one movie. And uh, you'll see that. I think you'll really like it. Uh, it is... It is on Blu-ray and DVD, but it's kind of hard to find. But I think you it's actually on Amazon Prime. So kind of look for this. I think you will, I think you will uh, enjoy it, even though some people have said they did not enjoy it. But I think it's pretty good. I think there are genuine scares, genuine, genuine tension, uh, and some good performances in this uh Italian horror film, and you can see why James Cameron and Ovidio G. Asonitis work together. <laughs> so yes, Beyond the Door, 1974, check that out, and along with the upcoming Netflix, Extremely Vile and Wicked. What, what is it, Extremely Wicked and Vile? I can't yeah, remember. Extremely, extremely Wicked, uh, Shockingly Evil and Vile. There you go. But now on to our feature presentation, our main event of episode number 48, The Manitou. Oh, my God. Good God, yes. Good God, yes. So uh, this movie came out in 1987. Give you the stats. 1978, that's what I meant. 1978. And it was directed by a guy named uh, William Girdler, who also did Sheba Baby and Abby. Uh, Abby was, you've seen the, you've seen the film poster, looks like a demonic possessed person that kind of looks like Benicio Del Toro. Um, but unfortunately William Girdler died like the same year he made this. He died in a plane crash, unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, this movie, uh, again, was released April 28th, just like a year ago, uh, or a year, not a year ago, almost to the day, if you're listening, in 1978, it runs about 104 minutes, and it made, you know, a decent, uh, a little bit in the, in the theater, but not really a whole lot. This movie, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, expectations for both of us. I never saw this movie before. Scream Factory just released it. Um, and, you know, hearing Preston talk about it last week in this time, I was like, my expectations were here. And then I watched it, and I'm like, holy shit. There, <laughs> this, this director just, like... It, he took everything I feel like he liked on like a five dollar budget and made it happen yep. with an insane cast, and we'll talk about later why he how he got this cast and why he did because it's kind of shitty but also funny. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then there are scenes in this movie where you're just like, I've seen this scene a thousand times, but in here he like amplifies it to 11 and because it's just like well i'm gonna do it my way and it's like holy shit this just happened and it's still going we'll talk about it later expectation so it did meet my expectations and succeed my expectations uh <laughs> in the aspect of holy shit this is crazy but expectations preston what about your expectations 
Uh, I, yeah, cause so I got the email from Scream Factory and I was just like, I'm at this point where I just like do everything of what they have in the pipeline. And, uh, this one I like read about through the email and read the plot description. I was like, dude, yes. Um, uh, I mentioned it last week, but yeah, just, just the idea of a 400 year old, uh, Native American spirit being inside of a, a tumor that's on a woman's neck. And then uh, just the craziness that ensues after that and starring Tony Curtis of some like a hot. I just couldn't I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, oh, my God, I need to see this. Uh, And uh, so I was I was excited about it. I immediately thought of Sleepwalkers. uh, And I I know I mentioned that last week, too. But it just uh, it's just as ridiculous. I think Sleepwalkers may be more ridiculous and campy because it leans into that campiness. This one seems like the storyline is so campy, yet they play it so like even more straight. I feel like it's almost like the director was like trying to, I don't know, direct like the exorcist or something like that, because it has those elements that feel like the exorcist in it. Um, and it's just, I, I, it's almost like it makes you believe, uh, in the ridiculousness of it all. Like, Oh yeah, sure. This could happen. Uh, they could go in space. They could bring this <laughs> doctor strange element to it. By the way, we need to talk about that. Uh, Oh, we will, we will get to it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was excited about it, and uh, it was just a, a grand old time. Yeah, so non-spoiler review of the film. Uh, we'll, we'll get into spoilers, but non-spoiler. But like, like, even, if we t- even if we get into the spoilers and you have not seen it, I think we could give it away, and that just may urge you more. Right, right. So, like, all in all, uh, the movie has a... Oh, hold on, hold on. Can you hear that? that my My... Air conditioner just came on. It's super loud. I'll be right back. All right, all right, all right. God damn it, Texas. It's so hot. Oh, my goodness. So hot. It's so hot in here. We just started talking to Manitou, and the Manitou manifested itself in my air conditioner. So... Yeah. Uh, the plot, the, the, the overall arcing story is there's this woman named Karen who has a tumor on her neck. Well, that tumor, uh, when she goes to it the hospital, not a tumor. It's, it's not a tumor, if Arnold Schwarzenegger would say. And it's actually a fetus uh, being born inside this tumor. But little do they know that this tumor is actually an evil Native American entity who wants to kill the white man. Yeah, uh, and her um, her boyfriend is a very flamboyant psychic fortune teller named Tony Harry, uh, played by Tony Curtis. And then he tries to enlist the help of another Native American uh, called John Singing Rock. And they try to battle this entity that manifests itself in physical form. We'll get to that later. Inside, we're just going to get that. So that's kind of like the gist of the film. They try to get help from like doctors and professors. One of the professors is played by uh, like a funny Burgess Meredith. It is Burgess Meredith, but he's not the angry guy you see in Rocky. He's just kind of like a funny dude wearing a corduroy jacket. Um, so that's what this movie is basically about. Some, some evil Native American entity growing on this woman's neck. Let's really get into this film because it's crazy. So the first thing that I remember watching about this movie, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden there's a scene with Tony Curtis who's dressed 
like he's going to Studio 54, but like in a very gay way. And he, he puts on music and he starts dancing and pours beer into a wine glass and then sits <laughs> in a chair. But the chair is actually a barber's chair. And this is in his house. Yeah, he's and, in his uh, apartment. Just, uh, uh, man, that's the way that I want to live life. <laughs> Yes, it's so, I was like, I'm in this movie, I'm all in, this is too insane to think of, Um, so it, I don't get how they it, happen. It, it's almost like uh, maybe they wrote him a little uh, grittier in the script, and he was like, I gotta class this up a bit. And well, put, when he classed it up, it was like very flamboyant, like it was, if, if he... He has a girlfriend in the movie, but I don't think he's into the girl. I think he's no. more into John singing rock. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's super funny. And so you kind of see him do his fortune telling, and he's like just super terrible at it. Uh, so this old lady comes to his house. This old lady comes to the house, gets her fortune read. Mrs. Hers. Yes. Uh, she... <laughs> Uh, she she has the death thing, and she uh, this entity comes Starts through. Starts like heaving. Yes, but the funniest part is when she leaves the house, yes. and she walks down the stairs. So you've seen tons of times where people fall down the stairs. Well, this director William Girdler had a very different vision of somebody falling down the stairs. So. Most staircases have a, uh, a handrail with wooden columns littered, you know, all the way down. Well, this old lady falls through those wooden columns, and instead of falling, like, over the balcony, she falls all through the wooden columns all the way down the stairs, taking out the entire banister in wooden columns as she goes down, hitting the floor bloodied to a pulp. Oh, man. I was... and, she, and she levitated to yeah. the stairs... And then is just thrown like, like as if the director hated that woman so much (laughs) that he just annihilated her while we see Tony Curtis only run in slow motion. Like that's uh, like he is almost like in his contract. He's like, I will not run. So I will just kind of run in slow motion and then you'll make that happen. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's so funny, and it, you're just like, wow, they really went all the way here. Instead of some old lady falling down the stairs, she had to hit every wooden column on the way down and take it out. Oh, I was dying laughing. So as the movie goes on, uh, the tumor gets bigger, and when you see the tumor, they had like five dollars to make this movie, so. Yeah. You can actually kind of see like the outline of the makeup prosthetics they used and the latex. It, it looks terrible. And so it's getting bigger. They try to get help from Burgess Meredith and the other Native American. And it all kind of culminates uh, towards the end where this, uh, I could describe as a bodybuilding little person, like a midget, like a little person bodybuilder. Native American who jumps out of this woman's neck and body to unleash hell. Uh, And then when they're inside this hospital trying to fight this entity, uh, the entire hospital becomes frozen. But since they had a $5 budget, it kind of looks like the sheer, the the glossy plastic prom night decorations (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> it looks really bad. And uh, spraying like fire extinguishers or something around. Right. So they they see this entity, but this entity doesn't immediately start killing people. He just kind of like sits there and meditates, and then at some point kills other people or possesses other people, which leads to them being in space. Uh, like they go into the hospital room and they're surrounded by a really shitty version of stars around them and like black holes and universes. And it just, it looks really bad. And then all of a sudden the native American summons a giant lizard (laughs) that like legitimately bites the hand of one of the doctors. Uh, I, can we make this stuff up? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where Doctor Strange got its ideas from. Uh, like his, you know, the surgeon loses his hands, and I was like, "Oh, this is a Doctor Strange origin story." And then you got the the Native American medicine man, the evil entity, uh, the Manitou, uh, taking you into space, and then it involves like uh, the devil, I guess, uh, the Great One that they call it, and not the Ancient One, like Doctor Strange. I don't know. It was just crazy to me. It is, it is insane, like, how this movie got made and the amount of people that are in it and just what happens. Because clearly, the William Girdler and everybody looked like they were having a good time during this movie. But, I mean, the, I mean could you, like, the, the little entity, uh, what, I, they call him something, I'm trying to remember, uh, Miss, Miss Quamacus? Is that what it is? So, yeah, something like that. Uh, the the entity it is <laughs> kind of looks like from the trilogy of terror, the little like doll that attacks people. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he's like he's like really super strong, and you see him naked, covered in slime, crawling on the floor, <laughs> and it's just what is <laughs> like happening? Frank from Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah, it's like Frank crawling out of the couch of Always Sunny. Oh my, it is. It's too weird. And like you think he's going to like come and like bite people. He just kind of stands there nonchalantly and very calm. He kind of speaks, but like the makeup is it, so terrible. Yeah, it seems like everybody has the intelligence of that guy in Austin Powers who's about to get killed by the steamroller. It's just saying, no. And then uh, he has plenty of time to get out of the way. <laughs> yes. They have plenty of time to like find other ways to kill this thing. They're just kind of like waiting around, waiting until like uh, uh, like they're playing chess and they're like meditating on this is the right move to make. I'll make this move. No, nope, this one won't work. Why? Because I said so. Yes, it is. Uh, it's in. It's insane. It's it's too funny. And like how the movie ends is literally like the movie ends. And then the it's the most ridiculous last nine minutes of a movie that I've probably already that I've ever seen. Right, like you're just like holy shit! Like it's gone from the hospital to space and time and 2001 Space Odyssey trip and fighting giant lizards and demons shooting lasers out of your hands. Oh yeah, their lasers are being shot out of your hands while people are while the chick is laughing naked, and then there are other lasers in the movie. <laughs> and, and it's funny when uh, this is uh, probably not as as more minute than some of these other crazy things like shooting lasers out of your hands. But it's funny when uh, films like from the early seventies or uh, in the seventies had computers in them because anytime they feature like a computer, they always go beep 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 beep. And so they're like using the computer 
to like get voltage to, I don't know, like put it inside one of them. So they have the ability to defeat the Manitou and it ends up going to, uh, the mother, uh, who awakens and then has the ability to shoot lasers out of her hand. And, uh, um, the Manitou like explodes and, uh, yeah, I, like even when uh that that surgeon guy is like trying to uh make sure everything's working properly on the computer end uh he explodes and uh so yeah poor guy but uh it's uh, it's just all like so visually and ridiculous uh that it's hard to imagine like anybody uh wrote this down and thought it was a good idea but somehow they made it yeah, it's super weird. And like one of the other things that happens in the movie, so this this Native American John Singing Rock says to Tony Curtis, who's literally yeah, just not a real medium, um, says like, okay, there's this spirit and everything, even the computers and machinery you have. So perhaps to beat this Native American demonic force, the machines and computers in the hospital all have to f- come together and put out their entity to defeat this one. And I'm just like, where, where are we going? What is happening here? <laughs> yeah. And then you see this happen and they're in, they're in space. But it's like, how do you describe it? Like clearly when you watch it, you're just like, okay, they must have used something from the fifties to get this, uh, this look. Yeah. I I don't know. It reminded me of when I was in high school, uh, and I was making, uh, short films with my good friend and we would, were experimenting with green screen and we just like stacked like old images on each other. And it it looked so much like that. It's just, you you could tell that like they didn't have any money at all to make it happen. It was just like, they shot it on a dime and they were hoping to make money out of it. And, uh, it, I guess, uh, just more people are finding it later. Uh, now that screen factories put it out, but, uh, uh, yeah, it just looks, uh, very otherworldly and doesn't make sense at all. Yes, it is, uh, it is very weird. Um, so they have released this on Scream Factory perfectly, and there, it's a new 2K scan of the original film elements, and uh, there is a commentary uh, with the film historian Troy Howarth, which who's kind of, I think, works is in cahoots with Scream Factory, does a lot of these. And then there's new interviews with the executive producers and uh, author... Uh, writer of the film and novel that this movie's based on. So, interestingly enough, how we said, how did T- Tony Curtis and Susan Strasberg and Burgess Meredith all come aboard this movie after reading it? Well, it turns out in the interview, they said that all of these actors were going through a divorce or uh, divorce at the time, so they had to play alimony, and to do that, they just said yes to pretty much everything. So they said yes to the Manitou, which I thought was a really funny way of doing it. Because Tony Curtis, of course, father of Jamie Lee Curtis, was married six times, so he was probably doing his getting all the money he could. But uh, I mean, they all turn in decent performances, if not very over the top and strange performances. But I thought that was kind of a funny aspect yeah. of this. So, 
Uh, yeah, so pros and cons of this film. I mean, cons being the literal, like, holy shit, it's not good, but and it's cheaply done and it's ridiculous, but the pros are like the same as the cons. Holy shit, it's ridiculous. It's so bad, it's good. And it's just like, there's really not a whole lot of Native American horror movies that really deal with stuff like this. So it's like one of the only ones. Uh, and the uh, the guy's ability to like put like, because like Star Wars came out like just right before this. So he's like, I'm a fan of Star Wars. Let's put them in space with lasers. And it's just like, you got to give it to him. He went all in. I, I, that's, what I, that's why I love this movie now. Yeah, yeah. It, like I said last week, it just takes inspiration from a lot of films uh, like The Exorcist or 2001 and uh, Star Wars, I guess. And uh, uh, there was one more. like It's Alive, I suppose, too, and just kind of rolls them all into one badly written, directed, acted uh, movie. But uh, but yet so much fun. It's like, uh, you know, it's a common thing that we say on on uh this podcast when we talk about movies that are so bad that that they're good they're just uh there's just like such a great there's a charm to those films and they make it so uh enjoyable to watch and watch with a, a crowd who uh, uh likes to likes to drink and just play mystery science theater 3000 and uh just poke fun at it and just have a good time so it's just one of those kind of films so like that's what makes it worthy of purchasing is just that before screen factory got involved this movie was like really hard to find and now that it's uh available uh you should get out and uh, buy that screen edition off of factory.com for sure for sure please buy all of that good stuff it is great but i think that kind of wraps up our 48th episode of my bloody podcast uh please check out the manitou from screen factory TexasFrightmareWeekend.com. Go. Be there. Get your tickets. And then be sure to check out uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. Extremely Wicked. Yes. And... Uh, yes, I got it. And, uh, of course, the... Um, yeah. The... Uh, the uh, beyond the door um so yeah beyond i'm brian door. i'm brian kluger and you can find this podcast on itunes stitcher radio and google play and we are on boomstickcomics.com and highdefdigest.com and preston where are you at i'm on freshfiction.tv where i'm the features editor and i also write film reviews and blu-ray reviews and interview stories on ditton D-E-N-T-O-N-R-C.com, Denton Record Chronicle. And, uh, yeah, Avenger stuff up and all kinds of fun stories. And uh, so, uh, yeah, next week we're going to do Reanimator. Preston's favorite movie. Horror films. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and so uh, I guess we'll do this a little uh, probably maybe at Texas Frightmare or something like that because i'm going to be going to the screening on thursday night and so i just thought it'd be fun for the audiences to kind of experience uh what i experienced or at least me share the experience of what i did um so uh 
I guess next week's episode's a little bit up in the air in terms of when we'll release it, but uh, we have a lot of cool content that's coming up. So, uh, yeah, just if you follow all the things that Brian just said, you can find us, and then uh, when it pops up, check us out. Um, and you can reach us at mybloodypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at mybloodypodcast and on Twitter at mybloodypodcast, or you can find me at Preston Barta on Twitter. And uh, reach out to us, and uh, we'll, maybe we'll find you at Texas Frightmare Weekend. There you go. Thanks for listening, My Bloody Podcast. Thank you, Preston.